Dave Michaels produce on KSCO in the decade plus that he's been here? He's been for, here for over 10 years? I, I think so. I wow. think so. Yeah, Maude, you, oh, is, how long have you been here, Dave? Here, you use... I've been here. Oh, wait a second here. I'll yeah, go ahead. I've been here about eight years. Oh, okay. So I was wrong. It hasn't been ten years yet. It's close. About a year pretty, off. Pretty close. Yeah. Oh, okay. All righty. So I'm, I'm going to be out there uh, this morning, MZ, from right now to uh, about 2 o'clock, maybe a little bit later wow. if anybody wants to stop uh -huh. by. Everybody should stop by because we have great deals, MZ. I had the promo. I had the promo. Oh, really? uh, I listened to the promo, but uh -huh. I don't. and I asked Aaron if he could play it. He doesn't know exactly where it is or what it, but you probably do, right? Right. It's it's zero forty, Dave Sale. Oh, okay, good. There, there. So you you want to play it? You sure. want you want to play it? Just for the heck of it. All right. All Just right. for the heck of it. I want to go outside. And all right. Okay, okay, we'll see you. All right. Let's good. Say hello to the little cherub. That's Mariah. Yeah, Mariah is going to be here too. If so, if you weren't going to come, that's enough reason to come just to say hello to Mariah. Okay. She's super cute. Yeah, she's what, five years. No, seven. How old? Six years old. Okay, okay very good. All righty. Yeah, here's that ad. Here's the ad. KSU invites you to our big sale this Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have low prices and free gifts this weekend at KSU Studio. Stop by and meet with me, Dave Michaels. I'll be out there Saturday and Sunday, 2300 Portola Drive in Santa Cruz. Stop by and pick up your products, ask questions about longevity, or we can just hang out and talk about radio or cats. Speaking of cats, we even have stuff for your animals. Cats, bats, rats, and yaks are all barking for Arthrodex, and you're in luck because we've got that too. This Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. right here at KSCO Studios, 2300 Portola Drive in Santa Cruz. Exit onto 41st Avenue from Highway 1, head towards the ocean, hang a right on Portola Drive. It's just that easy, so come and hang out with me, Dave Michaels, this weekend from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. BTT, Healthy Star Packs, Arthrodex, Sweeties, and more. KSCO Studios, 2300 Portola Drive in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz this weekend from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. Okay, and Ma, you're here too to sign books. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, and and uh, and say hello to the people and, yes. and so forth. Yeah. So um, I look forward to it with pleasure. Yeah, that'll be great. So let's start the show officially. Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring you cheer. We've got time, we've got tunes, we've got time, tunes and temperatures. Get up and go, it's today you know on KSCO Radio. Hey, good morning, gang. Welcome to hour number one of the Saturday special on your favorite radio station, AM 1080, KSCO Santa Cruz. Yep, we are based in Santa Cruz. <laughs> A brand, not a town. Pretty cool, yeah. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to hear the story of how Santa Cruz became a brand, so do stay with us. We're going to be on the air right up until 12 noon today. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. 
those of us lucky enough to live in the Santa Cruz area do not live in a town. We live in a brand. The Santa Cruz logo can be seen literally everywhere on Earth. Around here, it seems like nearly every other person you see is sporting a sweatshirt, t-shirt, jacket, or something containing the familiar logo. You know, the big red dot with diagonally emblazoned letters that spell Santa Cruz in bright yellow and black outline. It's something you just want to proudly wear, whether you skateboard or not. Hear the inspiring story of the transformation of a town to a worldwide brand by the transformer himself, Rich Novak, our guest on the next KSCO special. This Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Wouldn't It Be Wonderful If Our Fabulous New Logo Could Become Even 1% As Well Known As A Brand As The Santa Cruz One Radio, AM 1080 KSCO. Fanfare, you, you know, uh, we're, we got to give we got to give the people a great show. Hey, Rich, welcome to KSCO. You've been here many times before, but never on the Saturday special. Never on the Saturday night. Saturday live. I was going to say yeah. Saturday night, but uh, <laughs> it's morning. You know, I don't function well in the morning. Well, that's okay. Um, most of us uh, Santa Cruz types don't, and you're a Santa Cruz type, but you're not a native, or are you? Are you a native? Uh, Capitola. You're a, you're a native Capitolian. Yeah, uh, I think I was about. Well, my mother's side of the family had cabins in Capitola dating back to the camp times. And so we moved here in 1940, well, 1945, oh. 44. Oh, 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 well, wait a minute. So can we call you a native? I was born in Oakland. Uh, sorry, can't call you a native, Santa Cruz. But that's okay. You've been. How old were you? Just two. Oh, essentially a native. But my mother's relatives had places here before then. Got it. I okay. think they I think they moved here because they thought that uh, San Francisco was going to get bombed right after Pearl Harbor. Okay. So my All dad right. was working in the shipyards. Yeah. And, you were, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm here. Yeah. Good. So you 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 have recollection back beyond uh, when you were two years old. In other words, before you were in uh, in Capitola or the. No, not too much. Okay. I I just remember a few things that I verify with my mom sometimes that. Um, I thought, you know, as you look back as a child and you're three or four years old and you see something, and uh, especially about the war with the blackouts on the, the cars and things like that, but nothing that I would want to bank on. Right. Well, you have become quite the entrepreneur over the years with a business that you started, I believe, in 1973. Am I right? No, we started it in the 60s. Oh, my. Uh, we uh -huh. started... Um, Santa Cruz Surf Shop, uh, Doug Howe, Jay Sherman, and myself, okay. and um, we Where was incorporated in 1973. Uh, side? 845 side? Uh, 41st Avenue. Oh, here, okay. Yeah, and um, I had started making surfboards in the late 50s. I'd learned how to do it, and then when I was around 19, I was partners with George Olson and Olson Surfboards. I mean, most of that was all hands-on operation. And then I traveled for a while and came back. Now, you got into the surfboard manufacturing business 
because you enjoyed surfing and exactly. you might as well uh, might as well find a way to make a living doing what you enjoy doing. Well, you pretty much had to make your own equipment. And so we started doing that and that kind of led into making equipment for friends and making equipment for people. Then we started selling them. And then we were a little bit behind uh, the baby boomers. And by the time the baby boomers got into it with all the Gidget movies and stuff, we just we decided to make them for other people. And that's how we got into all it. All right. Now, I remember O'Neill's surf shop at at Cowell's Beach, right, right where the Dream Inn is. Yeah. And that started about the same time, I think, didn't it? Um, Jack started, uh, he had the little shop there, he's from San Francisco, and then he had one, I think it was called the Peabody Farm or something out by the drive-in where he made it, did his manufacturing, his wetsuits. And then um, he ended up on 41st Avenue in the 60s, early 60s, and I worked for Jack, I think, in 1960, 61, uh, making surfboards. Oh, I see. Okay, now how did the surfboard... Um, business evolve into this what i keep calling the santa cruz brand business well we when we started the surf shop we wanted to have a brand that we could uh bring in other shapers and other surfboard products we strictly survived on surfboards none of the paraphernalia that goes with it custom surfboards custom surfboards and um so we said we'll do santa cruz Santa Cruz Surf Shop, and that would be a brand name. So we started, we focused on Hout Surfboards. That was our main seller, and that was the master shaper. And then we brought in, we could bring in Santa Cruz under other labels, other shapers under our label. I keep remembering the Hout Surf Shop out on Fair or Swift or something. Uh, yeah, he started out on Rodale, South Rodale Gulch Road. Then we had a retail store. On Fort, a little one on 41st Avenue for a while. And then he had a place on Portola across from 30th that burnt down. And then around 1960, probably 66, he moved to Swift Street. And he's been there ever since. Okay, now, um, some, somehow it evolved into skateboarding. Now, um, did you open a skateboard shop at no. some point? No. In 1969, we decided to branch out into what we call reinforced plastics, which is raw materials for surfboards, sailboats, chemical toilets, ambulance roofs, um, resins and, and epoxies and cloths and fiberglass cloth. And around uh, 73, a guy named Tracy Nelson had a thing called the Fiberglass Works which was making these motorcycle fairings for everybody, including Evil Knievel. And his wife... Uh, uh, got killed in an auto accident on Highway 17, and the government came in, and the inheritance tax kind of wiped him out, and he owed us some money. And uh, so rather than burn our vendors, we got a contract for 500 skateboards to a store in Honolulu, uh, McCulley's Sporting Goods Store. And we made these 500 skateboards uh, using roller skate components, roller sport wheels, sugar grip trucks, and then we knew the decks because we had the fiberglass thing down. And they all sold. And we went, wow, that's So it was easy. almost by accident. Um, totally by accident. <laughs> you know, we had no intention. Then we did another batch and it sold. And then we, uh, um, a guy named Tony Roderick came out from the East Coast. And his father made rollers for IBM. And he had this idea for a precision bearing skateboard wheel. 
And so we came out with the Road Rider wheel and the Santa Cruz brand. Now, now were they all metal wheels at that point? Like no, states? they were urethane. They, they were urethane when we got into okay. it. Because because I, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I, I know it was in the in the 60s. I, I was like in elementary school, I think, when I first saw a a, a two by four. Right. That had uh, uh, the front part of a skate nailed to the front yeah. and the back part of a skate nailed <laughs> to the back. Well, that was the traditional skateboard. But but they called it a bun board That's back right, then. That's right, because your buns end up on the concrete. Right, right. And and my father um, decided to, at my sister's urging, decided to, uh, you know, go down the hill, you know, where, where they lived in West Santa Cruz. And and he dumped it, you know, and got and got got his knuckles scraped on the concrete uh, pavement, and everything, because he decided he would never ever go on another bun board again. <laughs> and, and and it wasn't for many years until after and after that that I started hearing the term skateboarding. Yeah, you know, and and so um, what, was it pretty much invented here? No, it was it, it, like you say. It started out with the two by four and roller skates, and then in the '60s, it evolved in uh, to where they had clay wheels and uh, sycamore decks and these funky little roller skate trucks, and uh, it was Vitapak and Makaha, and they had a big surge or a big fad in the '60s, and then in the early '70s, the remnants of those boards kind of came back into it. And then when we got into it with some guys that were doing the same thing we were, not in business with us, but doing the same products, we literally invented the skateboard industry around 1973, 74, about seven of us. Based here? We were based here. They were based in San Diego and Orange County, and we ran into each other at a show contest once, and we figured out that before we had to buy our products from roller skate companies and that's a very controlled group of people about five families in the united states and at this point when we met each other we had all made products specifically for skateboards so we could completely wipe the roller skate industry off the map uh, for us for our purposes right and then we just form we'd spent about once a month we'd meet and hammer this industry out how we wanted it to be and uh, coming from the surf industry, there was no margins in surfing and making surfboards. Why so we, is that? Oh, my theory is is the guy that invented the foam, was a guy named Gordon Clark, is that he never really um, uh, had pricing properly on the core of the blanks. He controlled the blank core, the core of the surfboard in the world. And so his theory was is that if he kept everybody if he kept it all available to everybody, that he could lim- kind of eliminate or control his competition. and Become the standard, as it were. Yeah, yeah it was. It was he, he went out of business, I think, in 2008, 2009, and he pretty much controlled the world for surfboard blanks. Is that because, did he finally go out of business because, uh, I, I don't know what you call that foam, that, that boogie board no, made of, and no. now now full-length surfboards are made yeah. out of that material, right? right? Yeah, and then that, that was, that's kind of an, there's, there's two or three different markets in all sports, like skateboarding has an introductory market you get at Costco or Price Club or something, and then you may be able to pull 20% of that market into a better, higher quality product, and same with surfing. You go down to Costco and get a foam board for a hundred bucks, and it works. It's fun for the kids to have. But any 
if it sticks or you get into it, you're going to want to advance to a more custom board and it goes out. So you can retain 10 to 20% of that mark, that first initial buy. And that's kind of the formula that's used. You didn't have any kind of background in advertising or marketing, right? You no. just sort of, you just sort of learned it along the way, right? Well, I always ask questions. I always tried to, to seek out people that knew a lot and then I So you had your mentors then? Yeah. And the guy that did the foam was probably my first mentor. He, I had an aptitude for numbers and he, he was a physicist and so he kind of taught me about raw materials and composites and things like that. All right. Well, well, I, I've noticed. I noticed your your the Santa Cruz logo that that we the big red dot that's become just a, an icon status for for Santa Cruz um, many years ago. But uh, to me, it was it was a, a a logo for a skateboard company. Right. Santa Cruz Skateboard Company. Now, how do you how did you get from there to where you are now, where Correct me if I'm wrong. I I believe that most of the people who who sport that logo, who wear it on their shirts and you know and and and, uh, clothing and hats and so forth, are not skateboarders. No, they just like the logo. Yeah, and and it's international. How do you get right? It is certainly. Was that the plan, or did that just evolve? Was that an Um, accident? Was that a happy accident? We were pushing hard goods all over the world. You know, I, I travel all over the world and I push it. And I push the Santa Cruz brand, uh, of whether it be skateboards, snowboards, mountain bikes, or surfboards. And I push the hard goods brand. And along with the hard goods brand becomes a soft goods brand. And so then you start logoing it. And so we first started out with uh, Santa Cruz being in a, in a strip. Straight, it says Santa Cruz straight across it. And that was the first logo we used. And then Jimmy Phillips... And my partner, Jay Sherman, came up with a dot where we took the Santa Cruz and split it in half and put it into a dot and had a red, something visual for the eyes. And once we realized that we were... Why did you do that? Excuse me. Why did you change... It was a better fit for the product. Uh You know, the the strip is cool. So like a surfboard, you'd run it down the rails. You'd run it on a snowboard down the bottom or something. But if you wanted to do a skateboard, you wanted to have a visual impact or a visual, like you look around and see the red dot, it kind of grabs your eyes and then everything's in content. Yeah. You see it. So, and, and then how it photographs too. So you take a photograph and you analyze black and white color photographs. You always want to see what jumps out. So if somebody's wearing a, a logo, you go, you can see it like Nike has a swish. You know, Adidas has a stripes. Jimmy Phillips is is a name for for those of you um, who who might not be aware of that name. Th- this man is is an amazing logo creator artist. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Okay. And uh, was he? Did you seek out the best, or did, did, was that an accident also that you happened to connect with him? Jimmy and I. I've known Jimmy since he's about thirteen or fourteen years old. We surfed together, and then we made surfboards together. And Jimmy was always the guy that if you wanted pinstripes on your cars or you wanted a cartoon on your dashboard or you wanted some artwork on your surfboard, you'd seek him out. And uh, him and my partner Jay, they kind of, everything was bland when we first started. Everything was just like flat. And we got Jimmy into the program and Jimmy just brought everything to life. He just, everything had life to it. 
and his colors is is the way he laid color on color on color he could take a three color screen and make it look like eight colors he could take a monster and he could create it into a comic character and he's just a phenomenal artist i personally i think he's probably one of the best artists in the world but he focused on commercial art and he happens to live right here and he lived here and he was a friend and we've grown together and his art helped me and i helped him you know we we we've advance this through the world so so you're um um business associates you're not business partners no we we we've always been business associates and he kind of wanted it that way and i kind of wanted it that way okay so so somewhere along the line you decided that your your brand your logo needed some work Okay, mm-hmm. and to to move from the strip to the to the much more photographable or fittable, what it what fittable. it turned out it's to just, be yeah. fittable, yeah, and and you knew exactly where to go. Yeah, and well, we we kind of always kept a closed house where we would try to build this mysticism or mystery, you know, like where are these guys getting this? Who are they? And you can't penetrate those walls. And so doing the logos, the Santa Cruz was basically just, we need to fit this logo into an area and we need to use it for t-shirts and skateboards and stuff. And Jimmy laid the, you know, it's a certain red, it's a certain angle of the Santa Cruz. Everything has these little intricacies that he demands that we do. You can't just slap it on there. And that's, that's the beauty of Jimmy. He's just, he's precision. Did it surprise you? That that people started going after that logo who had nothing to do with the world of skateboarding or surfing or anything? Did that surprise you? Uh, by the time that happened, no. Because if you go back, where the t-shirt kind of came into being for me in the surfboard industry is when we were in Hawaii. If you went down and bought a 50-pound bag of rice, they would give you a free, you know, Yakamoto Rice Company t-shirt. And we did that concept and we started as a means of advertising our surfboards, not selling the product. And and then people would come in and want to buy it. You know, they, well, we want to buy these T-shirts. And we went, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, we can we we break our butts making a surfboard and we make very little money off it, but we can just make a T-shirt and double our money. And so wow. it's kind of the backbone of of a hard goods industry. You you what what, what please please do, uh. Give us the definition of of hard goods versus soft goods. Soft goods would be sweats, tees, caps, socks, pants, you know, anything to do with clothing or, or, you know, garments. And hard goods is surfboards, skateboards, snowboards, bicycles, you know, anything to do with a hard product that you'd use. Okay. Sort of like in the radio industry, hardware is the radio stations like KSO, the, the transmission towers, the transmitters, the studio and so forth. And, and the software is the content that, yeah. we, that we manufacture to broadcast over the hardware. Exactly. Okay. I should have been able to figure that one out <laughs> myself. Well, you uh, know, sometimes it's a little early in the morning. You yeah. Know. <laughs> We're talking with Rich Novak. Uh, NHS is the name of, of the company, yes. Right. It's and, but what does that stand for? It stands for Novak, Hout, and Sherman. Okay. And there's three of us got together when we started this reinforced plaxis company. And I'm pretty sure that we wanted to use the, the word sticky fingers resin company is when we started. And, uh, some record group, I think the Rolling Stones had already had it. Oh. They had sticky fingers album. We couldn't yeah. do it. So we just said, okay, we'll do this. 
and that's how that name and, came about. And the, this was just, you know, the initials of the principles. Yeah, and it was mainly a, a umbrella corporation to cover the surfboards and stuff that we did down below it. In, in, it, it. It actually works out really well in that we can we can move 50 or 100 brands under this one label. You're still 100% based in Santa Cruz? Our, all of our distribution marketing sales is based in Santa Cruz. We sell to 70 different countries, and we have about 10 or 15 licensees throughout the world. Okay, when you say licensees, what, what does that mean? You, you license the, the logo, the use of the logo? License the use of the logo and goods to different countries. And a lot of now in this time, you're, it, you can make a product and you can ship it to the country, but by the time it gets there, it's not uh, competitive in the marketplace. So we've decided to take a lesser margin and license the products. And there's duties and taxes and stuff that go with it that help make you, force you to do that. So when someone wants to buy a license from you to use the Santa Cruz logo, and there are all kinds of other logos that you that, you've, that mm-hmm. have evolved, right? But the Santa Cruz is the big one, the dot, right? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so if, if, some, if I may... If I'm a, uh, a clothing manufacturer, you know, a sport clothing manufacturer in Ecuador, okay, mm-hmm. and I, I think I can make some money by marketing clothing that has that neat Santa Cruz brand on it. I come to you and I say, um, okay, what do I have to do to have the right to use that logo? And what do you say to me? How much you got? No. <laughs> no, you How look at, you look at it as a region. So you say in South America, you have to look at it as, you have Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay. You got all these countries and, and everyone has certain restrictions on importation. Some have trade agreements with different countries. So you would say, if I go into Uruguay and I set up a, a distribution system or a licensee in Uruguay, he can ship freely into these other countries. So you look at it not only as a license. So you, you define your own um, territories per se. Right? Well, we, it's defined by rules and regulations. It, it, you you play with the hand that's dealt to you. You don't try to fight the hand that's dealt okay. to you. Okay. So using my example, uh, Ecuador, I, I come to you and I say I, I want to. I'm based in Ecuador, but um, I've got my tentacles out all over most of South America, and I really want. I really like your Santa Cruz brand. And I think I can make some money, and you can too. How, how does how does the partnership work, or how does the licensing work? Well, first we have you have to qualify yourself, or we qualify you as being financially able to do this thing. Okay, what does and that then, mean? It's sort of like years ago, it used to, it used to get a McDonald's franchise. You had to show that you were you know worth a million bucks, or you had a million. I forget whether it was you know many 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 years ago. It was a big deal where you got to be worth a million dollars, or show them that you had a million dollars in the bank. What's your requirements? Well, pretty much you have to be in our industry to start with. You have to okay. be in the skate or surf industry. Oh. oh and you ha- and because that's our marketplace. So you as a person in Ecuador could get a license from us and you could bury us. You could just bury our, our, our marks and say, well, I have control of it for this country. So you... If you're in the industry, then you qualify them as being a legitimate business. That this, these people have, they are a legitimate business. They have a distribution system that goes to retail stores in Ecuador. And they can, they have the ability to manufacture and market those and the money to do that. And then you, and a lot of it's to do with the person to person if they're good people. 
you know, you don't want to get yourself stuck with somebody that's who's a sleaze bag. Yeah, and there's a lot of those around. You know, oh, I'm sure. And we've had to work through bunches of them when we got into it, and it, they bury us. They just take us into a country and bury us. Well, um, so do you get what essentially amounts to royalties? You know, every time a, 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 a licensed, you know, Santa Cruz logo shirt gets sold by some licensed, you know, partner. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, of course, that's the whole purpose of it. Okay, but there's no such thing as a blanket, you know, a blanket fee or something that someone would pay you, and and you, they don't have to account for how many. Not really, because you want to when you do a something like that you want to have uh, an option to look into their books to see what they're doing because especially in south america you don't know what they're doing you know so but if you have access to to what they're selling how much the, the amounts are uh-huh. then you know that your product's getting into the market right the point is really to get your to expand your product into the marketplace to hit as many brick and mortar or, or internet businesses as you can speaking of which yeah i i i would imagine that the internet portion of your business is growing like internet businesses across the board seem to be growing am i right yeah it was a we we spent a long time learning how to deal on the internet and and we started out as everybody else starts out with a lot of enthusiasm and we started at the top which is the internet web system but we learned really quickly that the, the secret to internet is inventory control and shipping and because if you take Ten items and you ship them. It costs you X amount of dollars, and you get X amount of profit off of that. If you take one item and ship it, it costs you almost as much to ship ten items. So you're under the illusion that your margin is really great because you're selling it for a lot more. But in reality, your margin is probably going to be less because of the cost of getting it out the door. And those are the lessons that you learn in the internet business. And you know, Amazon learned them. Everybody's that's got in, and the big guys have all gone to robotics. What about you? Not yet. <laughs> so, so you you can see that in the future. It sounds. It's like. probably where you have to go as soon as it gets big. It's growing at a at a pretty good pace. And if you look at a lot of small companies in Santa Cruz that are getting into the internet, internet, it, the, it it's growing to the point of twelve to thirty percent per business. Well, isn't it true that robotics is going to be the great equalizer of, of, of the cost of labor? So that because of robotics, maybe a lot of manufacturing that's gone offshore may come back. Because, do you, do you believe that? I, I totally, I, you're absolutely right. And especially in the manufacturing part of it, 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 you'll get business back in this country, but it'll be with a lot less workers. Um, so it, it won't be any better. It's not not like the the jobs are going to come back. It's just that the manufacturing will come back. Well, it'll be new jobs. You know, you you, you can't. You, it's like in China right now that they had all this manpower, so everything was based on manpower. And about four or five years ago, the government decided that they were going to build the middle class, and so they they had about three hundred million people in the middle class at that point. So they said we're going to triple wages in X amount of time. So all of the people that were interested in building products for minimal labor costs, they started moving to Indonesia and building their factories down there because the, the labor is still cheap. 
a lot of the smarter business people said, well, we'll go to robotics. We can buy this single action robot for $1,500 and we can do this job of three people. Yeah. So now we've eliminated three people. You know, we have one person running this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what will happen here is that it'll come back in. So h- how much of your manufacturing is done overseas and how much is here? Are you a globalist or are you a... What's the definition of a globalist? Uh, one one world, one world uh, marketplace, one world government. You know, um, <clears throat> people who listen to Alex Jones on our radio stations here, you know, have have which you clearly don't because that's that's what his main theme is. You know that globalism is bad. Uh, and uh, what what do you think about that? Um, I guess I can ask. I'll, I'll ask you the question a different way. Okay. How much of your manufacturing is done in the United States? Well, we used to do almost all of it here, but through the cost of manufacturing and through having to compete with people, we've had to to ship a lot of the hard goods manufacturing outside. Just so, to be competitive. Just to be competitive. Right. Okay, like everybody else. Now, this last week, I um, <coughs> visited uh, <coughs> the Levi Strauss um, retail store on Market Street in San Francisco. I happened to be walking around there. I was just out of a meeting, and I said, oh, I haven't been down here in a while. Oh, a Levi's store. Now, where I I live in San Francisco, when I I go back and forth here between here and there, um, it's right above Levi's Plaza, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have a retail store there. I walked in, and I said, I I looked at the the material, at the, uh, you know, at the the jeans and the the, uh, jackets and things, and I said, these things are not made in America. I mean, how how awful. I mean, Levi's is the great big American name. Now, I guess it's been that way for many, many years. And I just was... Well, just Levi's was made it. in San Francisco. Then yeah. I believe it moved to Seguin, Texas. And then it moved to the world. And they have... One of the secrets of Levi's is they've been able to control their sizing. So they can, through their control of quality control and manufacturing and quality control of buying fabric, they've been able to make their stuff wherever they can make it. And you go in and buy a 3430 Levi's 501s and you go in and buy a next pair, it's the same size. And that's kind of the secret with Levi's. And you're asking me about globalization. Um, my responsibility as an independent uh, business owner is to, is my employees and my customers. And I have to do whatever I can to feed and house and get insurance for my employees and, and satisfy my customers or I go out of business. Mm-hmm. If it means going offshore to manufacture something, then that's just what it means. Sure, of course. That's just, you know, for me to survive and to keep this thing going. Right. I, don't, I don't get money coming in. It, you're very you short-sighted com- when you start getting into um, saying that, that we have to all be, we're from Santa Cruz, so everything's got to be made in Santa Cruz. That's cool, but the customer is going to buy where, whatever he can buy for the cheapest what, Whatever point. they can afford. Yeah. So I'm kind of a Tom Freeman, the world is flat fan. <laughs> no, no, I'm not critic. I'm not being critical. I'm just asking. I'm well, just I'm, asking. You, you ask the question, and I try, you know, I want to. It's it's a very critical question to ask because being an American and being proud of being an American, it's something that I'd love to manufacture everything in America. Yeah. But it takes me two to three years to open up something in, in, in America, wherever it be, Wisconsin, California, Texas, to open up a factory or open up a facility. Because of the government permits because and of things? Because of the permits and government and the, the whole in 
you know, everything, just combine it all. Whereas I can go to some place and I can go to China and open it up in three months and get rolling. Have it actually be your facility in no, China? No, I, 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 or you no, wouldn't want to do that. No, I would, I would contract out to a facility that where I'm no more than 20 or 30 percent of their production. Right. Because that way we run in a very cyclic business and. Um, you can't, you know, you can't, I can't say that I'm going to do $5 million a year with you every year because I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, I, I started to tell you what I discovered at the, at the, uh, uh, at Levi's. At their main Levi's Plaza, I said, hey, there's nothing made in America here. This blows me away. And they said, oh, there, you're right. There's nothing here. But if you want some uh, American 501 jeans or mm -hmm. something, you can go down to our store on Market Street, which is a you know 20-minute mm -hmm. walk away, um, and uh, and they'll they'll have it there, or they'll they'll custom make you, uh, and it'll be pretty pricey, but you'll be able to get what you want if that's what you want, and you're willing to pay that much money for it. Well, that that was several months ago when when I you know, learned that. And I didn't get around to going to the Levi's store until this last week, you know, Monday or Tuesday this week, uh, last weekend. And um, I was amazed that there was a stack of made in America. They pointed out, they said anything, the, the little red, you know, tag mm -hmm. that, that says Levi's that's sewn into the back pockets. It, it, red means something. It means that it's their standard, you know, whatever, their, their, their standard um, <clears throat> manufactured, you know, what's the yeah. word I'm looking for? You can well, it's, it's, a, it's I mean, identification the, mark, marking the, the, on the there's a then, there, then there's the orange, the orange tag. The orange tag means that it's made in America with American-made products and American labor and everything like that. And... I was surprised to see that I didn't even get a chance to ask them about the custom-made jeans that I had been told that I could get there and that I better, you know, be prepared for quite a price here. But these already manufactured, and I could have, you know, gone through them and found them in my size, and and they were they were for sale right there, you know, in the in the with the with the orange instead of the red and other color tags. And guess what they wanted for that? Get, take a wild guess. Oh, uh, probably around sixty-nine bucks. Two hundred sixty-nine. <laughs> Two hundred sixty-nine dollars. Well, two hundred more than you thought. There so. you go. Well, we have a brand called Independent. It's it's a it's a skateboard truck, and we've had we started this brand. It's the largest skateboard truck in the world. What's a skateboard truck? It's what you attach the wheels to on the bottom of a skateboard. It's an aluminum product. Okay. And. We started a foundry in San Francisco in around 1977-78, and our foundry still operates and makes all those skateboard trucks. For this made nowhere else in the world. It's made in America, and we we it costs a little bit more to manufacture, but because of the volume and the numbers, we're able to still manufacture in America. Now we're situated in in China Basin in San Francisco, which you're familiar with. Sure. And you're seeing that the colleges are moving the campus things, and all the stuff is moving up China Basin to Potrero. And our foundry is right there in 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 the uh, in line for to get. You know, it's a large piece of property. We don't own it. We rent it, or they rent it. Ermico rents it. Um, so eventually, we're going to be 
put in a position of what do we do next? Do we move this foundry somewhere or try to find a place? Do we go to Stockton? Do we go, where do we? Why do you think it's going to, why, why do you say it's only a matter of time? Because the value of the real estate is going yeah, up. Yeah, the value the is way, up. yeah, it's way, the value of the real estate is way above what we're able to pay in rent to retain the, the place. I mean, that's just what's going on in the gentrification of Third Street. Boy, I'll say, I mean, the, the, the prices and um, the rents are absolutely yeah, insane and, in San Francisco. And it's, you know, it's going to go higher and higher and higher and we're, we're just going to come and wipe us out. You know, we were first on everything 120. is cyclical. I mean, you yeah, know, there, could be a, well, there could be a crash in six months. You could have bought a art condo combination in Petre- Lower Petrero in what, in the 90s for 187000 which is probably selling for $1.8 million now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> ten times, right? Yeah. It's true. We're talking with uh, uh, Rich Novak. Uh, we're talking about branding uh, and I- I'm fascinated. I've I like to do entrepreneurial success stories. Haven't done one on the Saturday special for a long, long time. Um, we've we've interviewed people like um, Al Chugart, you know, before he lived in heaven. Um, here on the Saturday special, and uh, I, I really enjoy doing that because I, I, I'm just an entrepreneur at heart, and I just have the greatest um, admiration for for people who um, who, who are producers. People who make things happen, you know, um, um, leaders, and uh, <clears throat> um, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody out there listening to this program who is as intrigued, you know, by the subject as I am. I would think there would be a whole bunch of people. We're going to open up the phone lines because I, I think Rich has got to leave here a little after eleven o'clock or something. But uh, if anybody wants to join the conversation, now is the time to call four seven nine ten eighty. That's in area eight three one. I haven't opened my email box. I forgot to do that. Uh, so maybe there are already some emails to mz at ksco dot com. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the, the the whole idea um, of um, of seeing. This this brand, this Santa Cruz brand, in all parts of the world, and so much around here, it just blows me away. It's just what's so fascinating, uh, um, you know, to me. And and uh, you know, I I just I, I like the whole idea of, of how how these things happen. It it wasn't in your plan, right? It just sort of evolved that no, way and naturally. I, and I think being from Santa Cruz and in the environment of Santa Cruz that that I grew up in or that we grew up in allowed us to allowed us to be to do what we wanted to do. It, it, it it's a very unique area. But right now in, in some of the countries our brand is bigger than the town. I mean they don't know there's a town, they just know it's a brand. You know, you, you, it has no association with Santa Cruz, California. It's just a Santa Cruz skateboarder, Santa Cruz snowboarder, Santa Cruz mountain bike. Right. Okay, we do have some callers now. Let's take our first call. That would be Jerry in Capitola. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the Saturday special with Rich not, Novak and MZ. You're on. Not Jerry, Terry. And hi, Michael. Oh, it says Jerry. Are you sure? Are you I'm sure? Our go- are you sure your name is Jerry and not Terry? I mean, Terry and not Jerry? Pretty darn. Okay. All right. You're on. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to be a boat builder in town. It sounds like warm board Terry. Okay, got yeah, it. That, that's me, yeah. And I used to uh, buy uh, uh, stuff from you at NHS all the time. And I was wondering what happened to that company. Because I need fiberglass. I need resin. And uh, fiberglass Hawaii went away. So who's selling fiberglass locally? Um, boy, that's a good question. Uh, the... The guy from Fiberglass Hawaii bought it, and then the last I heard, he moved up to Hood River, Oregon. 
Yeah, that was the rumor I heard too. Yeah, and I, I've just watched these guys buying. A lot of the surf shops will be able to uh, sell you probably fiberglass and stuff because when I go in there, I see small amounts and and containers. But it's really expensive now. Yeah, but warm board Terry needs to buy it in quantity. Am I right, Terry? <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna. Dear God, I'm not gonna go back into the boat business again. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I was thinking it might have something to do with your current business. No, 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 not, not at all. No, I'm building one last boat for myself. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. And I, uh, so I just need a little glass. And but, but it's, it was great hearing you reminisce over the the old days. I mean, talking about George Olson, a good friend of mine, and um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, George and I grew up together. His grandmother lived next door to me when we were like seven, eight years old, and he was always the guy that would build the car that you wanted to buy when he was finished with it because he put it together. But. Uh, oh, that's but, great. Uh, also, you know, I was thinking about you're talking about the brand. I was uh, skiing in um, in Austria, and I'm riding up a lift with a guy who's got a uh, O'Neill Santa Cruz jacket on. Yeah. I said, dude, you're from Santa Cruz. Awesome. And he mumbled something to me in German, and I realized, boy, this brand has gone far beyond uh, California. But uh, the, I know that's O'Neill's not exactly the same as your thing. Yeah, that's... Well, we had, uh, under the Santa Cruz brand, we have the first half-pipe gold medal in the Olympics. And then this kid iPod that won the last half pipe, we started grooming him at 14, but the snowboard business was so bad we had to drop it, and then he just won the last gold medal. So we kind of get our nose under the tent in a lot of places. You know, my favorite, uh, my my son's favorite Santa Cruz skateboard hoodie doesn't say Santa Cruz on it. It's in Japanese, and I guess that's a very popular one where they do it in you know, the, the Japanese uh, characters. And it's uh, so I don't know how much of that goes on around the world where they've got the Santa Cruz, the, the identifiable red uh, circle, and then somebody else's uh, uh, writing, uh, translating into Santa Cruz, uh, how much that happens beyond just that Japanese version. It, it's It's kind of we do it. For like Japan's a fairly big market, we'll do it for them. We'll do it in German. We'll do it in Spanish, and we just keep the the color combo and and um, uh, the uh, discipline of the logo. We there's all kinds around, and, and I'm sure you you crossed this before because you're bigger than I've ever been probably. But uh, but I make my money off of a patent right now, and and the way we always dealt with uh, people parking the patent on the shelf, licensing it, and then not producing it was uh, just minimum guaranteed royalties. I was wondering if you ever tried that shot. No, that's like, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it. You don't want to tell everybody your secrets. <laughs> well, you, but That's a pretty open secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Terry, tell, tell us about your business real quickly here. You, you're, you're, what you have the patent. Radiant yeah, yeah. heating is my favorite kind of heating. And Terry has a business called Warm Board, which is based here in Aptos, am I right? Yeah, quick elevator pitch. It's a sheet of plywood with a pattern of grooves on the top. Sheet aluminum bonded to the groove pattern, bonded to the plywood, and it's your structural subfloor of your house. You nail it down just like subfloor. The grooves line up Lego style to make serpentine patterns of grooves that go back and forth on the surface. You press a tube into the grooves. You run hot water through the, the tube. The tube heats the aluminum. The aluminum heats your house. God, that's pretty cool. It is really cool. Oh, man. It's fantastic. I guess it's really warm. Yeah, no, no, that's really fantastic. Yeah. Bill, well, it, it, if I ever... Go, go, go ahead, ahead, Terry. Sorry. If I ever built a house, it would it would it would be it would be a radiant heat house, and it would and it would be with Terry's product. It's just fantastic. Yeah. You know. So uh, anyhow, thanks for calling. Uh, 
I mean, I, I know you are Terry because I know you, Terry, and you're not Jerry in Capitol. I believe that you're not Jerry. So, I ain't lying. <laughs> hey, hey and, and Michael, yeah. Michael, we still need to do lunch. So uh, I know I won that bet about about Obama. You know about B- Obama no, no, being. No, it's not a bet. This is not a bet. I didn't bet on Obama. This is I bet on. Um, uh, um, Air America a long time ago. That's how we that, started. Well, wait a minute. Just, wait a minute. I thought we we didn't do that lunch. No, I, I didn't. No, I didn't make a bet with you. I just want to get together with you and, uh, and hang and talk about stuff. Okay, great. Yeah, no, f- absolutely. I got. Yeah, we'll we'll do that in the next week or two. That'd be great, Jerry. I mean, I mean, okay. Terry. All right. so, <laughs> we'll see. Ya. Here's Marshall in Santa Cruz. Marshall, you're you're on with Rich and MZ. Hey, thanks. Hey, I retired from glass and surfboards about uh, six years ago, but there's a mobile guy that supplies all the shops since Monterey Bay and the other place went out. Um, but I just want to go from metal wheels with roller skates <laughs> and uh, pieces of wood to clay wheels, then Cadillacs, Cadillacs. And then we started building, we, we invented ramps right in Watsonville. In our patio, we just put a piece of wood up against some tires and went from there. And and when road riders came out, we started skating onto the house, and we felt like we could conquer the world. <laughs> Thanks for road riders, dude. Thank you. Yeah, those were fun. <laughs> the fun time. <laughs> we were skating onto the house and could not believe that we were defying gravity. Uh, terrific. All right, Marshall, thanks for calling the Saturday special. That opens up a line at 479-1080-4791080, area 831, if you are outside of the 831 area code, to talk to uh, Rich Novak and MZ. Uh, let's see, Bill in Santa Cruz, you're up next. You're on the air. Yeah, Rich, I, I, I was wondering about the history of the skateboard. I remember when I was a kid back in the, uh, Detroit that we used to... Uh, that would have been 65, and uh, my buddy had a skateboard. It was it was about the thickness of a two-by-four, and it had the, the cheap metal wheels on it. And I had, my dad ended up buying me one, but it was more like a, uh, uh, a one-by-six, and it had the ro- typical roller skating wheels, you know, whatever, what were they made on, clay or wood? Those were clay wheels. Um, yeah, clay wheels. So that was back in 65. Did you say that the... the the skateboard started taking off on the West Coast in '73 or something. No, no, there was a uh, there was always some sort of skateboarding going on in the '50s. I mean, most of the surfers were trying to emulate surfing with it, and every town and every state in the country had somebody that was doing something like that. And then in the middle '60s, uh, Vitapak and Makaha came out with the clay boards. I believe it was a sycamore top wooden top and these real funky sheet metal trucks on it and they sold thousands and thousands on it and there was a picture in life magazine of a of a woman on a skateboard in new york and i think it was 65 and then the fad died down and then it the the remnants of that era started happening in the 70s again when the fad picked up and then it took a little bit of dip and then when nasworthy brought in the urethane wheel in the loose ball bearings it kind of took another little surge and then when we came in with road rider and bennett came in and and the industry put itself together took this gigantic surge in the 70s to about 79 amazing all right thanks you're welcome right. thanks for calling 479-1080 bill in santa cruz nick and royal oaks what have you got for rich well rich grows his own wood he's got to ship it to china but uh rich um, what's your early recollections of George Riddle? 
George Reto. He just passed away. Yeah, uh, I saw a picture. He's a he, he was a Santa Cruz boy. He's a West Side guy. Good guy, good surfer. What yeah. happened to him? How old was he? He was, what, George was about 67, 68. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I heard he was the second one to shoot the pier. Uh, probably. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> yeah, those, he, he, him and his guys did a lot of things. You know, there was this whole little crew of them over there, and they, they you know, they, they pretty much set the standard on the west side for a long time. So the plywood millers, they flaked out on you because you grow your own wood, don't you? Well, we buy from a certain forest in Wisconsin, and we still do. Oh, I thought you owned the place. No, no. Uh, we had a, a, a factory, a wood a veneer factory, and, and um, uh, cutting where he cut out, finish off all the boards. In well, I, I'm an independent buyer, and I have a Santa Cruz board. I'm sad it doesn't say made in USA. The independent doesn't either, but... The independent's uh, oh. made in USA. Huh? Independence yeah. made in USA. Then it must here, say right? so, right? Because if it's job. made in USA, you want to proudly announce Buy it. Buy the right? land somewhere yeah. outside the hill. Well, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll up the line. Okay, yeah, thank you for calling Nick in Santa Cruz. Four so we're not uh, wide open lines now. If you want to if you want to give us a call here, we've got a few minutes left in this. Uh, just actually under three minutes left at... Uh, so, the, uh, Michael, there, yeah. there's this in China. There's this town that changed its name to USA. Oh, really? So it makes its products made in USA. USA. <laughs> no, it doesn't say made in USA. It just says USA on it. Uh huh. And so what you have to do is you got to look for the little dot after the U, dot after the S, and dot after the A. If if they said made in USA. But didn't say you China. That's a little too sketchy. They yeah. probably nail yeah. you on it. Very interesting. Wow. Okay. So, any plans on going public? No. And the reason is because don't need uh, to. Well, there's. I did a speech one time, and they asked. It was a speech about uh, being a publicly held company and being a privately held company, and. One of the persons in the audience was running Billabong, and he was coming on me pretty heavy about it. And I had to sit there and analyze the analyze the answer. And for me, my responsibility is my employees and my customers, and I I take that as very seriously. I mean, that's something that that I take that I I feel that. Whereas, if you're a public company, then your number one responsibility is to the stockholders, not exactly the, the shareholders. Okay. All right. And if he screws up, they just get another wind-up toy. If I screw up, I, I a lot of people suffer. Great. Well, I have heard. So you know, like over your dead body, will you ever go public? <laughs> <laughs> I will have no choice at that. I will have. It won't be my choice. Let me put it that. But right now, no. I'm trying to. I would rather have some sort of uh, uh, way of passing it down to the employees and families. Family. That sounds pretty pretty darn good to me. Yeah. yeah. Where Where do you see uh, Where do you see the future of of manufacturing in this in this country? Um, you see it coming back a little bit because sure. of robotics or whatever. Yeah, it'll, it, you know, when I was in the snowboard business, we used to manufacture our snowboards in the country in Europe with the cheapest labor, but we pay with the strongest currency. And towards the end of the cycle, we were building a factory in America because that's where it became uh, our sales were in America, and that's where it became economical for us to do it. And we had sold we um, we sold the fa we sold our business at that point, but. Um, it'll come back and it'll be robotics. It's just that people have to educate themselves to take the next step up. And, right. And it's it's all in education. Do you have any, in, in 10 seconds or less, do you have any, any um, advice for budding entrepreneurs? Uh, do something you like. Stay with it. 
and uh, have fun. The whole point is, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, do something you have fun at. Right. Hey, want to thank you for being with us here, Rich. Uh, thank you. Uh, 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 great, great program and uh, continued great success to you. It's KSCO Santa Cruz Salinas Monterey, San Jose. It's 11 a.m. Here is CBS News. CBS News, I'm Pam Coulter. The Pentagon's making preparations in case President Obama orders military action to help Iraq fight off the assaults by radical Islamists. The aircraft carrier George H.W. Bush is en route to the Persian Gulf and is expected to arrive tonight. Pentagon spokesman Steve Warren. The George H.W. Bush, along with the Philippine Sea and the destroyer Truxton, Give the commander-in-chief tremendous flexibility should military actions be required. CBS's Clarissa Ward in Baghdad. So far, the government response has been limited. While Iraqi army conscripts appear to be deserting by the thousands, the government has remobilized the Shiite militias from uh, the mid-2000s when this country was in the grip of a terrible sectarian civil war. Those Shiite militias are charged with fighting ISIS and also with protecting holy Shiite shrines. The U.S. is congratulating Afghanistan for completing the second round of voting in the country's historic presidential election, but it was not without bloodshed. Officials say 50 people were killed. Former Foreign Minister Abdullah Abdullah is one of two candidates in the runoff. 14th of June, the people of Afghanistan uh, participated throughout the country in the second round of the election. That was in spite of the security threats. Despite the Taliban warning for voters to stay home, election turnout is estimated at 60%. Pro-Russian rebels in Ukraine have been given tanks and heavy artillery by Moscow, according to the State Department. And now the Ukrainian government is blaming the separatists for shooting down a military cargo plane, killing all 49 on board. Reporter Alex Loon in Kiev. After the plane was downed, President Poroshenko called for a national day of mourning on Sunday and called for a meeting of the nation's security council to respond to that incident. Secretary of State John Kerry is warning Russia that Western nations will raise the costs if Moscow does not shut off the flow of weapons into Ukraine. There's growing concern in Israel over the fate of three teenagers feared kidnapped in the West Bank. CBS's Robert Berger. Israeli security forces have launched a massive search for three missing Jewish students in the West Bank feared kidnapped by Palestinian militants. Army spokesman Peter Lerner. We have both boots on the ground and an extensive intelligence operation to try and locate the three young men. One of the students is a U.S. citizen. The suspected kidnappers may want to exchange them for Palestinian prisoners. Robert Berger, CBS News, Jerusalem. Pennsylvania's governor is asking President Obama to get involved in Philadelphia's transit strike. He wants a special board to mediate the dispute between the Transportation Authority and the unions that went out on strike today. This is CBS News. Summer is here, and nothing looks better than tan skin and white teeth. Hi, I'm Jonathan Greenhut, the CEO of PowerSwabs. And if you want to have whiter teeth in five minutes, then try clinically proven PowerSwabs. 
Power Swabs whitens teeth on average two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days. Better yet, it removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps, crowns, and veneers. Power Swabs is so effective that thousands of professional dentists have used it nationwide, and now you can try it without paying a visit to the dentist. Call to whiten your teeth in five minutes, risk-free. Plus, get free shipping and handling by calling now, 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. I guarantee your friends, family, and coworkers will love your new summer white smile. Get your risk-free order at 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Is it Mary? You're listening to KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz and KOMY AM 1340 LaSalle Beach, Watsonville. Four minutes past 11 a.m. on Saturday, June 14th, 2014. 65 degrees at KSEO Studios. Your friendly voice, Aaron Schober, your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather brought live to you. Happy to report in here in Santa Cruz. It doesn't look like there are any holdups as far as any major stop and go. Only just in and around. It looks like a stop and go situation at Highway 1 near the Fishhook trailing over near the San Lorenzo River, near River Street, has just cleared up. Also, Highway 1, both in the north and southbound direction, as well as 17 north and southbound, has been cleared up as well. Highway 9 is in the, uh, moving up to the limit with no signs of any delay whatsoever as well. Ian Hollister, it's a different story. Traffic collision at Highway 152 westbound at Casa de Fruta, or just east of Casa de Fruta, took place just before the top of the hour. Looks like a uh, black Chevy Trailblazer is along the uh, right-hand side of the road. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today. Highs around 80 with plenty of sunshine. West winds 5 to 15 miles per hour. And your northern Monterey Bay boaters forecast for your coastal waters. Northwest winds 20 to 30 knots. Wind waves 4 to 7 feet. Northwest swell 9 to 12 feet at 10 seconds. This is KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz, KOMY AM 1340, LaSalle Beach, Watsonville. Stay tuned for hour number two of the Saturday special. And now, a few words from Kay Zwirling. The following commentary with Kay Zwirling is in her book, which can be purchased at KSCO for $15. And now, Kay Zwirling. I wrote this in May of 2008. In the late 1920s when I was a child, I remember relatives and friends who yearned to go live in the Holy Land. They went to the Middle East and purchased small plots of land from various Arabs who were happy to dispose of their arid property. Only after they saw that the Jews, by creating drip irrigation, made their arid land blossom, those Arabs became envious and tensions arose. Those tensions still exist and will never go away. I was a young mother in my mid-twenties when Israel became a state in 1948 and suddenly the surrounding Arab countries were joining together to annihilate Israel for becoming a recognized state. 
Israel urged those Arabs living peacefully among them to remain in their homes and be protected by the new state. But their Arab brethren urged them to leave, assuring them that the Israeli Jews would easily be crushed and the Arabs could then return to their homes victorious and safe. That never happened. Since they chose to leave Israel, Israel no longer wanted them back. So what happened? Those displaced Arabs were not taken in by their Arab brethren who lived in large, wealthy oil communities and could easily have absorbed them. Instead, those Arab countries chose to keep the Israeli Arabs in camps indefinitely. Why? Specifically, to keep the displaced Arabs as political pawns to make the world feel sorry for them and hate Israel. Then they admonished their displaced brethren to never accept the Palestinian state offered them until Israel is destroyed. That was 60 years ago. They could have had their own country for the last 60 years, but the stubborn Arabs will still hope to throw Israel into the sea. That has not happened yet, but who knows? Surrounded by enemies, Israel is doomed to remain in a constant state of war. It's a shame. Israel is a tiny country which can be traversed from north to south in eight hours and east to west in three hours. Ideally, the Arabs should accept their Palestine now next to Israel and both should live in peace and mutual respect. The world would be much happier for it. For KSCO, this is Case Whirling. And now, here with a special word is Dave Michaels. KSCO invites you to our big sale this Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have low prices and free gifts this weekend at KSCO Studios. Stop by and meet with me, Dave Michaels. I'll be out there Saturday and Sunday, 2300 Portola Drive in Santa Cruz. Stop by and pick up your products, ask questions about longevity, or we can just hang out and talk about radio or cats. Speaking of cats, we even have stuff for your animals. Cats, bats, rats, and yaks are all barking for Arthrodex, and you're in luck because we've got that too. This Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. right here at KSCO Studios, 2300 Portola Drive in Santa Cruz. Exit onto 41st Avenue from Highway 1, head towards the ocean, hang a right on Portola Drive. It's just that easy, so come and hang out with me, Dave Michaels, this weekend from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. BTT, Healthy Star Packs, Arthrodex, Sweeties, and more. KSCO Studios, 2300 Portola Drive in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz this weekend from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. Hour number two of the Saturday special with MZ brought to you by California Grill and Freedom and Los Animas Concrete in Santa Cruz. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we are. And just to prove that it's hour number two.
don't know about you, but I had a great time the first hour. Um, you know, talking with uh, producers who uh, accomplish pretty amazing things uh, really turns me on. Uh, we got to do more of it. I'm sorry, baby, but I really got to go to KSCO Radio. Bye. So, Dave, how are sales going outside? They're going pretty good, MZ. They're going pretty good. And with deals like we've got, man, I tell you what, everybody who stopped by walks out with a smile on their face. And the people who haven't stopped by yet, uh, they don't have for? smiles on their face. What are you waiting for? Yeah, right, what right. are you waiting for? Wouldn't you rather have a smile on your face? I, I, I could see people walking, you know, through the double glass here at KSCO. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them with their KSCO tote bags, with their KSCO hats, with their case right. books and everything. I noticed that hat you have on is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But we have, we have even cooler hats. Yeah. In the garage. They say KSEO, real cool, retro-type logo, and we're giving those away when you uh, pick up a Healthy Start Pack. And you know what, MC? Talking about Healthy Start Packs, you know, everybody knows about the Healthy Start Packs. We have the, the 2.0, and, and that, uh, you know, comes with the BTT, OsteoFX, and Essential Fatty Acids. But we also have the Healthy Start On The Go Packs. On The Go? What's that? That means that the OsteoFX comes in individual packets as well as all the other stuff. You get BTT, OsteoFX, and uh, the little thing of pills. It's, you just put it in your pocket. Bam! Take yeah, some water with yeah, you. The, and, and the, the neat thing about that about that that packaging it's de- it's a little more expensive, mm-hmm. but it's it's great for traveling. Right. You know you don't have to you don't have to schlep a bunch of big things with you here. You know. Right. So that's great. So uh, yeah, that is happening now. I I gotta ask you this question because mm-hmm. we're gonna have an open mic uh, for the rest of the uh, uh, um, Saturday, especially okay. right up until okay. noon time. Um, how are you, how, how, how's the afternoon drive show going? How's flight 1080 going? I love doing flight 1080. Uh, you do? Easy. Yes. Some days are tough. Yeah. Some well, days are a little tougher. What's an than example others. of a tough day? Uh, uh, an example of a tough day for me is when everybody's screaming at each other. That, you know, I, you know me, MZ. I'm, I'm pretty laid back. I, I don't like that, but, um, that's part of radio. You know, everybody gets excited sometimes. Everybody gets excited sometimes. Uh-huh. And, um, it's just, it's a, it's a, well, they're, they're well, raw emotions, you know. We're not. What I want to know, and I'm very interested in what the listeners think here. The listeners to the Saturday special. Mm-hmm. I'm real interested in in whether or not they agree with me mm-hmm. that the afternoon drive program is one place where you don't want people to be stressed out and angry, where they want to be, you know, entertained. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think uh, I think our best shows have been when there was when that stuff was kept to a minimum. I think I think you know that's. Uh, when shows are best, in, in my opinion, there's also well, sh- I, examples. I, to- I totally when, agree with you. When screaming is is makes for great radio sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, um, it does. What, what I'm going to put the I'm going to put the question to the audience right now, and I don't know how much of our audience commutes to work or how much of the audience goes to work. Right. Maybe m- maybe more of the audience than not does not commute to work or does not have a job or is, or is retired. Right, hopefully retired and, who, who, and not Who knows? Right. But either way, I don't think that people want to be angry, you know, in the afternoon commute home. If mm-hmm. anything, I think they, they want to be entertained. They want to enjoy themselves. Yeah. They don't want to be stressed out. Am I wrong? Maybe I'm totally wrong on that because the one thing that I have noticed mm-hmm. on your program uh, is that um, you're getting a lot more calls from a lot of different voices that right. we've never heard before. And that's exactly what we want here right. at your fa- favorite radio station. We, we want it, we, we want it to be the, have the broadest appeal possible 
bring in a younger demographic and not not drive away the older demographic that we've had. Right. Maybe that's just an impossibility. Maybe, maybe not, though. We're going to try it, MZ. We're going to try it. And hopefully, you know, I know a lot of people out there, you know, have their uh, their preferences and, and, and um, have their opinions complaints about flight 1080 but hopefully you hang in there and and you uh, appreciate and, what we're trying to and, do and it will be <coughs> it will evolve right it, it will evolve and you know and it, and it has evolved some people say it's evolved from something nice to something not so nice <laughs> right <laughs> that's right. what i'm getting a lot of emails about right. but it is an exchange of of, of ideas and and you know, beliefs and, and that's going to get passionate sometimes and you're going to get some yelling sometimes ed and felton what do you have to say about this well, my old opinion is um, um, it, it's stick, isn't it? It's is that the correct word? It's all stick. Oh, isn't stick, all stick. Yeah, yeah, stick. Isn't That's that right. You got to be careful. Right. Is that the correct word? Yeah, no, I think it is. Yeah. But but yeah. I don't I don't know. It, it's not stick for lackey. No. No, La- lackey is lackey is very interested in in advancing a point of view uh, that he doesn't hear that he's never really heard too much of on KSCO. He he thinks that people who listen to KSCO and appreciate KSCO are basically people who are not interested in hearing any kind of a view that ver a point of view that varies from them. And he might have a point. He might have a point. Maybe people in talk radio only want to hear what they agree with from both sides. So maybe it's absolutely impossible to achieve what I want to achieve uh, using politics. Uh, and and I don't I don't even want to use politics necessarily. I want to use entertainment, whatever that is. Back when we were running Phil Hendry during the afternoon drive several years back, man, people were cracking up. They were being entertained to the hilt, and that's what I think people want. And and if we could, but you know, it might not be the easiest thing in the world to do to create that kind of a of a program here. It's sort of like hard to be a stand up com- comedian. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, putting out good quality comedy that, that attracts a broad spectrum of audience. So anyhow, um, what do you think, Ed? Well, it's, uh, Phil Henry is, is at least funny, uh-huh. or was years ago. Um, he could be funny. Um, I, I don't learn anything on the um, program of any value, intellectual value. Right. And uh, as far as Dave Michaels, he might be real good if he's one-on-one or just with himself. Or, But uh, it's just kind of a... There's times I'll tune in and I'm just sitting there kind of twiddling my thumbs. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for calling 479-1080. And there are plenty of open lines at 479-1080. We'd like to hear from you. Um, so, Dave, how would you like to see the show evolve? Uh, you know what, MZ? I'm just going to sit back and wait, and, and hopefully try to steer. And, and uh, whichever way it goes, that's that's the way it goes. I, I don't really have a plan. I think I like the exchange of ideas. I like listening to things that are, that you don't hear on KSEO. I, I like I I like to be challenged. I like to to um, know that my viewpoints are foundationally sound, right? So so if my my views and my beliefs are never challenged. Then I don't know how strong that foundation is. I want to be sure that. that but I also get the feeling <clears throat> that you would prefer not to be put on the spot and not be asked for your opinion. Am I correct? <laughs> uh, I, I like comedy, MZ. I, I like comedy. I, you know, because when you when you start talking like that, you you, you make um, uh, uh, you ruin possible friendships. You know, and and, and that, exactly. that's kind of, that's kind of bad because if if someone's that superficial, then um, you know whatever. But uh, I like comedy. Comedy is something that everybody likes. Everybody, you know, likes to laugh, and um, that's the way I like to do things. 
Right. That's the way I like to do things. Laugh about stuff. Yeah. I mean, life is too short. There's yeah. not enough. Com- I've been saying that for years and years. There's not enough delight. There's not enough comedy on on the talk radio stage. Okay. Do, is this Bill in Santa Cruz? This is a different Bill or the same Bill who called before? This is a different one. Oh, good. Hi, this Bill. Is the first time I've called. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm a, yeah I, I know Dave because I've, I've called in during Charlie's show, and he's a, a real gentleman. Um, I, my analysis is, and you should probably know this, is that I, uh, I wouldn't mind if Blackie had something other than do than just to bash things, but he just seems to bash the Republicans, calls himself a Republican, but really doesn't have any... You know, alternative viewpoint. He just rambles and rambles, and I find myself uh, listening a lot more during the commute hour to NPR radio, Mike. So uh-huh. it's, 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 that's kind of been my solution, and it's actually been pretty good. I'm like, wow. This does NPR bad, radio you know? entertain you, or does it inform you? It, it's more informative, and I, I guess I'm more interested in that. Okay, and and and, and it's not that I, I could handle the entertaining aspect, but um, you know, when somebody just says, I'm a Republican, and then turns around and, and, and bashes everything that has to do with that, and then has no solution, no no points to make as to what, what direction to take it, I, I, don't, I don't get it. So I, I find myself being turned off. But I just wanted to let you know that. I have no axe to grind. In fact, I, you know, really like um, um, Dave when he answered the phone for Charlie. He's, yeah. he's very polite, but I, I you know, and I don't need to cause any harm to what you, know, what you guys are trying to do, but that's been my reaction to the whole thing. Okay. Great. Well, thanks yeah, for so. sharing it here on the uh, Saturday yeah. special. You're welcome, and, Mike. And, and I would appreciate the call, Bill. Uh, want to hear from more from people who are listening to the Saturday special now. I want I want them to weigh in on the uh, Flight 1080 program if you like it the way it is. Yeah. Obviously, the people who, who used to tune in to 4 to 7, hmm. um, th- they're totally blown blown away by the, they don't like it at all and they, a lot of them have left right and and also you know if you can't get on the air or you're like oh, i hate this guy you know and, you know he can go straight to hell or, or whatever you have to say you can say it on facebook we have a facebook page and twitter as well so all you guys can uh, interact and, and let each other know what you think about the show as it's happening so you can say oh he's full of it or oh, this is great whatever it is uh, facebook flight 1080 and at flight 1080 on twitter yeah, because you, you set all that up. Okay, yeah. great. Well, yeah. zero callers now, so either that means that people don't give a damn, or, or they, they've tuned out of this program, and then <laughs> oh, there's no callers left. Can that be? I was going to say, maybe everybody's just happy and satisfied with the with the way the show's running, and maybe they're saying, yeah. All right, that's a, all right. Well, idea. Or, or like you said, maybe they all just tuned out. Uh, you know, uh, Pharmacist Ben is always saying that, you know, part of, of being healthy is, is your state of mind, you know, uh, trying to enjoy life. And not being so agitated all the time. Whatever you can do to to avoid that, uh, to try to keep happier thoughts going through your head, is part of health, along with BTT and all that other kind of stuff, MZ, which I have out in the garage. Yeah, and and you have become, you know, the most amazing uh, pitch man for that uh, for the products here because you're so enthusiastic, and there are so many people who who take the product. By the way, you probably didn't hear the uh, Doc Wallach interview with on Alex Jones yesterday. I caught a little bit of it. I just caught a few minutes of it. I I, I totally missed it. Absolutely uh, missed it. But I did catch a, a, just a few last few minutes of it. People can pick it up if they just Google Alex Jones and Doctor Wallach. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on for the better part of an hour. 
Um, Doc Wallach's, uh, uh, Alex Jones's father, uh, Dr. Jones, who's a dentist, mm. has apparently become a big fan of Doc Wallach. Picked him up oh, really? at the airport and everything. Yeah, and wow. they, they really apparently hit it off yesterday. All right. Um, and uh, so I, I feel really good about about what we're doing. You know, I, I haven't gotten any complaints so far about, hey, you guys are you're advertising too much for vitamins and minerals and so mm. forth. But the fact of the matter is that vitamins and minerals are a very good thing. Yeah. And, and, and if we are, if people take advantage of the message and the products and the understanding that every time they, they buy um, the uh, Longevity products, every single time they buy Longevity products, they're supporting this operation, which is unlike any other radio station operation in the country today. Right, and while you're doing that, you're, you're, you're supporting yourself as well. I mean, uh, we're not trying to sell you stuff just, just to... Uh just to support ourselves, MZ. If you haven't tried BTT, then you probably think we're blowing smoke up, you know, wherever. But if you have tried it, then you know that this stuff is great. This stuff is fantastic. It's easy to be uh, excited about selling it when you when you believe in it. I mean, the stuff is fantastic, no doubt about that at right. all. If you haven't tried it, be sure to stop by today and pick it up. Healthy Start Packs, MZ. We've got a great deal on those as well. I'll all be right. outside. Fantastic. Thank you, Dave. Okay, MZ. Yeah. You have a great day. You too. Here's Lowell in Santa Cruz. Welcome to the Saturday Special, Lowell. You're on. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Great, thanks. I'm obviously not the demographic for with this program. However, I do have young people who work in my operation here, and uh, they just can't believe that I will leave the radio on when the lackey is on. And I do. I listen to him a bit. He's very frustrating and uh, very rude, and a voice that, if that's his real voice, Boy, I pity whoever has to live with him. But, you know, I guess he's got his points. Uh, back to also your uh, longevity products. I Yeah, longevity, yeah. Longevity, yeah, I beg your pardon. Uh, I can certainly vouch for anything that Doc Wallach's got involved in. Great. Yeah, you've been taking it for you're you're a pretty long, young young looking good dude, and I don't think you're very young. <laughs> Am I right? Or maybe you are, and I don't even realize. <laughs> Actually, Michael, I'm 78, so uh, you know I've got some time behind me. Well, I'm so. 62, and I look way older than you do, Lowell. You know, and so I guess uh, you, you've been taking the products longer than I have. Who knows? So. More tangy tangerine, sir. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for calling the Saturday special. We Bye-bye. appreciate it. Uh, yeah, there goes um, uh, Lowell in Santa Cruz. Here comes Dan and Felton. Hey, Dan and Felton, how you be? Hi, Michael. Just fine. <clears throat> um, I'm a regular listener. I've I've never missed uh, the afternoon show. I miss Charlie. I'm well, you can, you can get him at twelve to two. You know that, right? Or on demand at zbsradio.com or ksco.com. Just want to remind yes, people I, of that. Thank you. I do know that. Um, I'm spoiled um, because I listen to shows that have a lot of depth to them, like this morning's uh, food chain about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Michael Olson, I respect Michael. And Perspectives is always good. Um, what, what I see is different on the afternoon show. It seems to lack the depth that these other programs have. Uh, for example, uh, the uh, FDA bought submachine guns and ammunition 
And Lackey said it was to arm the teachers. I'm sorry, the Department of Education bought them and the FDA. Prior to that, I think it was FEMA bought a million rounds of hollow point ammo, and they said it was for um, practice. You don't buy hollow point for practice. Yeah. Uh, Lackey, I don't think, goes behind the scenes. He just takes it off the, the... me. Well, look, Lackey understands quite a bit about radio. He re- he really does. I mean, I believe that. He he. I, uh, that. I have discussions with him, and he even told me. I said, "Do you ever listen to the Saturday program?" And he said, "Quite honestly, no, not very not very often." And I said, uh, "What's the reason?" And he said, um, "Well, frankly, you want me to be honest?" I said, "Sure, absolutely. I always want everybody to be honest with me." He says, "Well, I don't think a I don't think there's many people who are interested in about uh, in in hearing about a brand, you know, on a jacket, which is the hour that we just finished, which we were promoing at the time, and and he could be right, you know, but we believe that KSCO, I believe that KSCO should be a radio station for everyone, including myself." And I don't know about the, the, if you judge by the number of phone calls that we received to the program, there weren't all that many phone calls last hour. And maybe it was because, well, I didn't even invite phone calls until the last uh, 15 minutes of the hour. Um, <clears throat> but usually when, the, when something is just riveting and people want to jump in, they, they'll call even before we've invited phone calls because people know the phone number to the radio station, 479-1080. So any, anyhow, I believe that um, if if there's a tremendous interest in something, the phone call the phone lines are always going to be jammed. Now maybe I'm wrong. People have said to me, You're, "You are wrong, MZ. It, it could be the, just the opposite that everybody everybody is riveted and they don't want to you know knock you off a roll. You know, so maybe that's why they're not calling. Who knows? I, I, it doesn't matter. All I want is for the radio station to be the best radio station it can possibly be and serve its community. And the community is loaded with people from all kinds of perspectives, political perspectives, um, uh, all kinds of perspectives. And I, I want the station to be as much of a station for everyone as possible. That's all. I, I know that and I appreciate it. I've been listening for over 20 years. Last Saturday, somebody uh, compared. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Um uh, Somebody compared Dave and Lackey to John and Ken. I ha- I didn't care for John and Ken. I'm I'm older. I'm older than you. And I think I'm getting out of the. Uh, Dave and Lackey get a lot of phone calls. They, sh- they sure and, do, and that's that's and, but, a that's but, a really good thing. And a lot of them are from call uh, voices that we've never heard on the station. That's yes, what I really appreciate. They're they're younger, and I'm I'm I I've never called that show. I I feel like I'm. I'm the odd man. I don't care for the topics they talk about. And well, Dave and, would be very respectful toward you, but um, I, I do believe I that Lackey would so. say, "Thank you very much for calling four seven nine ten eighty. You know, and I think that would be the end of that. So, yeah, I can understand that. Hey, so Dan. Anyway, thank you I'll for still calling. Listen. I'll okay. still listen. You're I a good. You. You're a good person. There, there are some people who send me emails saying, uh, "I, you, you, you're." 
you've destroyed your radio station and you're on a path to to oblivion and to hell and and I'm going to stop. I've given it a fair chance. I'm going to stop listening. And furthermore, I'm going to go to all your advertisers and tell them that they should not yeah. have anything to do with KSU. Why in the world would people who like anything left of the radio, anything of the radio station, want to hurt the radio station? Why are people such assholes? Yeah, I said it. Asshole. It really bugs the hell out of me. It really, really does. But anyhow, I, I, I hear that. I, I hear that. I from appreciate people. the ads for um, user-friendly computing. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks very much for Thank calling. Uh, that was Dan and Felton. Who's next? I'll put the I'll put the take next uh, thing here, and that will be uh, James and Live Oak. How you doing, James? Hey, I'm all right, MZ. Say, I would like to weigh in on uh, Dave and the Wacky, but but first, I'd kind of like to. It's more of a question. Is there a way that you can do a kind of a uh, comparison? In other words, I hear you saying you want to have a lot of people call, but but isn't the bottom line here that not so much people calling, especially getting just a few seconds on the air, um, it, doesn't it really translate into how many of the people that listen to the David and Lackey show actually will go out and buy something from the advertisers and therefore there the advertiser revenue coming in for that show um yeah of course we want that but you know it's the chicken before the egg type thing you know mm -hmm. if content is king if it's good content and doesn't and, and it's uh, the proper content and i happen to feel that the proper content for the afternoon drive is not angst creating content like politics, like, like uh, partisan politics, but more entertainment. And Lackey asked me the other day, he says, please be more specific. W what are you talking about when you say entertainment? And I said, right. oh, well, that's a fair question. And I, I couldn't come up with an answer. I said, well, what entertains you? What it, it's, sort of like, it's sort of like when I was um, in my late 20s and I, and I went before the Santa Cruz Zoning Board Right. You know, to have them, uh, I had to go through this design review process for a house that oh, I had designed right. and wanted to build for myself. And these five people on the zoning board, um, you know, three of the five had to vote in my favor or else I wasn't going to get to build the house I wanted to build. Mm -hmm. And one of them, who happened to be an architect, uh, just kept saying, I, 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 I don't know what, I, I don't like it. I don't know, I don't know what I don't like about this, this design. I just don't like it. So I said, "Well, God, give me give me some give me some guidelines so I can go back and 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 come back with something that maybe you will like and that I'll like too, since I'm paying all the bills." And I could never get that. So when Lackey says, "Please give me a uh, an example of something that you give me a playlist," he said, "He said, tell me what what I'm what what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear, and be specific, not general." Right. I, I thought well, about I thought about about you know the the guy on the on the zoning board, you know thirty something years ago that frustrated the hell out of me. So right, he, he's right, he's right. I got to tell him specifically what I want and what I don't want. Okay. Well, Michael, I got I got to give you my one off quick on on the the zoning review board. 
um, and then compare it to this other situation. Uh, to me, the zoning review board is absolutely categorically unconstitutional, except in a situation where the majority of the people in town have actually demonstrated by a vote that they want to have some artificial board uh, review anything you have to do with, with building a structure other than uh, health and safety with some you know basic, really concrete minimum standards about the house. If, if everyone agrees that a bright pink house is no-go, uh, then they still got to put what shades of paint. You know, it gets really messy. But but in, and that's because that's government. Now, when it comes to you and asking Lackey, uh, or Lackey asking you to tell you what real what entertainment is. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be more of a negotiation directly between you and him. And, and you have my sympathy as the owner of the station. I, I don't know how I would deal with that. That would require some thought. But but my take here on the Lackey in general is that. And this goes to the fact that you're trying to create, as you said several times, uh, a show that's, that's more or less, if not angst-free, it's not based on angst. And yet every time exactly. I call in, I start getting really, uh, I don't know, is it angst-ridden? Um, Your blood pressure of... goes up. We don't want that. Yeah, well, it's not it, good. It's, uh, it's not good for people's health, and after a while they realize it's not good for their health and they tune out. That's the last thing we want. Sure, and and I think the reason is I've had a, you know I, I keep tuning in to check and I'm trying to distill it because maybe it's just me. I want to make sure it's you know what part of it's just me and that I'm older. Um, I think it, it's that the lackey is a kind of has a scattershot approach, and to give him the best uh, you know to give him the benefit of the doubt here, I think he really wants to do a great job, and I think that a lot of the terrain is already carved out. So so what's left is is um, you know, the terrain he's in, which is very, it's like a shark tank. Mm -hmm. um, he's swimming around in a place where he's got to keep swimming, and he keeps moving real quick. And the problem with that is, he, you know, there's all these people calling in, uh, identifying the fact that there's not a lot of depth. You can't get into a kind of a discussion unless you happen to, to more or less agree or, or pilot him in the right direction. I did listen to somebody who disagreed with him, but Wacky let him go on and on, and he was one of the regular callers. But the the summation at the end was that this guy, all, of course, after, you know, and a lot of, you, you tell a lot about a, a host on the radio by what they do after they dump the call. After the caller goes, what are they going to do? If they take the advantage to, to, to Trump or, you know, you know, just dismiss the last callers, oh, that's another one of these. This is a really cheap thing. And, and unfortunately, Lackey has a lot of these behaviors that to me indicate he's, he doesn't have a lot of experience under his belt. He's kind of like he's a brat, but he's not only a brat, he's a spoiled brat. And not only is he a spoiled brat, he's a young spoiled brat that has to hop from subject to subject. And he's loaded with this bitterness about the right and the left. He, he's an absolute diehard, uh, believes the left and, and, so it's really frustrating, and I think that the the reason you're getting so many calls is people keep trying to get in to say something, and and Dave is a gentleman, so you start out maybe with with hoping that Dave's going to intercede, and I think this is where it could be kind of cool, if if Dave really starts going one on one better with the lackey and and plays our card, of of take this guy on, simmer him down a little, and Dave tries to do this. But where Lackey asks him three or four questions really quick, Dave sort of gets gets lost and goes, Anna, you're asking me all these questions, what am I going to do? And starts nodding his head instead of standing firm with saying, hey, wait a minute, Lackey, does this real what you just said, does that make sense? Do you have any evidence and what's your evidence? And you know. Right. Okay. Hey, thank you for uh, 
for um, checking in uh, to the. You're welcome, Have a good show. Thank you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try James and Live Oak. Appreciate your phone call. Okay, Thank let's you. see. Uh, Lori in Scotts Valley. Hi, Lori in Scotts Valley. How are you? I'm fine. I was listening to Dave and Lackey a couple days ago, and uh, the program started off with um, caller that called in, and, and Lackey gave him a lot of time saying that the right is are, are a bunch of idiots. They can't answer any intelligent question. They can't. Uh, you know, they can't think. Let's get somebody from the right that can think. And so the question of the day from Lackey and Dave was, what do you think about Obama's statement that there have been uh, something like 94 shootings in school? Well, somebody from the right called in and said, well, you know, a number of those shootings were suicides, and a number of those shootings were police shootings, and they had nothing to do with the students becoming terrorists and just the going wild. And Lackey just screamed at him and said, oh, so you're going to pick numbers. So you're going to be a statistician. You can say anything you want with your statistics, but I'm just going to take the number. And Dave defended the caller and said, I believe the caller. You know, he has a good point. And, and Lackey starts screaming at Dave and says, you're an idiot. And I thought, the previous caller had it right on. Lackey is a spoiled, rotten brat, and he's a hypocrite, and he doesn't even follow his own advice, which is to be intelligent and metered and open-minded. So I'm not going to listen to the program anymore. And you're really not going to? You're not just saying that? No, I'm not saying... I'm not... I'm really not going to, because, you know, he he's, uh, he's a liar. He says he, says he wants... Uh, people on the right to be intelligent and metered and, and open-minded and he is not at all you know people have been have been um calling uh, both the radio program and sending me emails saying we need to i need to to change our policy about not allowing stupid people to listen to ksco because they're coming out of the woodwork since we have lackey on now well stupid stupid people maybe but when the commentator's stupid that's pretty sad yeah, I see what you're saying. So I don't know. Do you think we should modify our our um, policy, our long-standing? Well, policy? I think he should at least he should at least listen to Dave when Dave uh, disagrees with him and not shout over him and tell him tell Dave that that uh, Dave is uh, prejudiced or not thinking or you know just not shout over. Yeah, being being abusive to your co-host. Yeah. Yeah, okay. abusive to him. Okay. And, you know, it's a, it's, he's a very good entertainer. He's probably pulling in a lot of money by creating a lot of drama. Who? But, uh, uh Lackey. Oh, no. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. Any more than Rush does. Well, people, you know, people don't I mean, want to advertise on Rush because they're afraid of the, of the, uh, of the controversy factor and, and being, well, be, being, being the victim of a, of a, uh, boycott. No, 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 no. Doesn't bring in any money at all. In fact, it's it's got me scared that it's costing us money. Anyhow, or, or driving well, he people seems away. Seems like a little boy having a temper temper tantrum, and Maybe. one temper tantrum after another. And it's it's uh, if it wasn't hypocritical, if he was, if he really uh, believed what he said, you know, about wanting intelligent discourse, then he would give some intelligent discourse. No, no, that's my rule here. 
So but that's what I'm saying. I'm putting it out. To, do you think we should change the uh, – that's part of what built KSCO you know, into like what it see, is. I'd like to see Lackey and Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh, go at it head to head. That would be fun. Okay. We'll see if we can arrange it. Okay. That okay. Thank good. you. Appreciate it. Here's Lynn in Santa Cruz. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to KSCO. You're on. Hi, thank you for taking my call, and thank you for your wonderful radio station. And um, my views on this are totally different than a lot of the views have called in. I think Dave and Lackey play off each other very well. I think it's a good show. I, a good well, show they have a good chemistry, chemistry, but then Absolutely. Lackey, I mean, Dave has a good chemistry with anybody. He can roll with the punches better than anybody I know. Well, and that's his way on the radio, and he's that way with everyone. So I don't believe that Lackey takes any advantage of Dave whatsoever. I think Dave is... Um, very, um, excuse me, but manipulating, and he does a very good job at doing what he does. And I'm highly impressed on how he can act as if he doesn't know anything, but I know he knows. He's no dum-dum, by all means. I think that these boys are great together, are young men. They're yeah, great they, they do have an excellent chemistry together. Absolutely, and I don't think Lackey is spoiled whatsoever. I think he has great knowledge, and people don't want to listen to it. Now, I, I love George. Georgia screams and yells, and I enjoy her. And now um, Charlie does not scream and yell, but he does get his point across, and he agree disagrees with them, and he says, okay, now I've got to hang up, you know, goodbye. we got more people on the line. Now maybe, and Lackey, I'm, I'm seeing that he's learned to do this. It just I don't know these men. I've never seen these men. I listen to them, and I'm highly impressed on how they play on each other and how one acts naive and not very bright, but he is bright. He's brighter than what anyone given him credit for, and so sad. Anyway, thank you so much for letting them continue to be on your show, and as far as you changing, um, we only want intelligent people listening to our show. That That's entirely up to you, but I, I don't find it offensive whatsoever. I enjoy it everything every change from the time i started listening to it and i am 59 years old thank you so much thank you lynn okay next caller don in watsonville thanks for waiting don you're on the air hi mz i don't i don't speak too well i've tried to call in before but um you know the the, the two previous callers not lynn uh I, I i can't say much better but you know the biggest problem here is just a lack of courtesy um you are so courteous. Dave is just wonderful. I, I can't say enough. And, and you, the last caller is right. Georgia does raise her voice, but she does it in a courteous manner. Lackey is not courteous. He's, he's, um, if you want to, you, you know, you say you want a happier program, but when, when, when he speaks over people, he doesn't allow people to say what they want. He twists their words. It angers people, and you can hear it in their voices. Yes, you know? I've heard that, uh, and, they, and I can see it in their emails. By the way, George Myers says, get old tunes back. Language, you need to have a two-hour evening program of Lawrence Welk like the old KSCO. The old folks could snooze to the oldies. Replace Lackey with Lieberman. Him and Dave would be a, a laugh riot. Good first hour. Rich is a great guy who made good. Now, what about replacing Lackey with Rich Lieberman? Do you like that idea? Well, 
you know, it, it's, it's not what Lackey has to say or, or, or whatnot. It's his treatment of the people. Well, I've he's heard very, that about Rich Lieberman, too. He's very, he, okay. he, at least in the past, he has been very, very rude to people. And when I, when uh, I call him on that, he says, I'm only rude to people who are rude to me first. Well, you're supposed to rise above that, though, when you're, I mean, he's a host. He's supposed to be knowledgeable. He He's not knowledgeable. I mean, he if he doesn't even know that just the common tactics of, of, of being courteous, again, courtesy, courtesy goes 110 miles. I mean, you know, and, but you're, you're not going to, I'm sorry, I'm taking up too much time, but if you want, to, to get the blood pressure down and, and, and you claim you want to make people healthier, uh, then they'll turn, they'll tune your show off because the blood pressure is going to go through the roof. I, I've, I've had to, uh, uh, tune out on a couple occasions just because of, of his twisting of, of facts and figures that, um, just like this, this 30,000 deaths on, on guns. Yeah, um, that was a, that's a crime statistic from the FBI. And and it's it was all of them. It has to do with it has to do with suicide. It has to do with police involvement. Uh, uh, you know, justifiable homicide from self defense and blah 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 blah. Very few of them. Anyway, I'm, I won't go there. All right. But, well, he, he twisted all those around. Th- I know you, you have to go. Thank you for calling the case. And there are so many people. I've been accused of, of of keeping people on too long, but I like to extend courtesies and respect to people like you, Mike in Watsonville, who 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 care about the radio station enough Don, to call. Don, Don okay. in Watsonville. Uh, oh. Don in Watsonville. Wait a minute. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. It's Don in Watsonville. You know, Mike in Watsonville is probably he's on the line too. Excuse me. <laughs> I have egg on my face. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I could lick it all off. Because Thank egg is very good. Thank you, Don yep. in Watsonville. Mike in Watsonville you. probably won't be next, but he'll be on. I want to. Thank you so I'm, much, MZ. Thank you, uh, Don. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, now let's see. Uh, Paul. Paul. Um, um, Paul said I wanted. To, he sent me an email 20 hours ago. It says hello, Mike. I want to congratulate you and your family and the quality of your station and programming. I can drop on it, drop in on any show, any time of day, and enjoy education and the entertainment. I, I also like the aspect of experimentation and the opportunities provided for new thinkers and local aspiring personalities. I am not a fan of out in of the out in Santa Cruz show, and the lackey has a quality about his voice that is almost painful to me. He is a smart guy and a thinker, but the voice and the leftist opinion just isn't my thing. But by God, he's getting a shot at it. The market will determine the longevity of the show. Keep keep it up. Hug your mom for me, and I'll see you on the radio. And then I said, thanks, Paul, for making my day best MZ. That was yesterday. Today, three minutes ago, he sends an email. It says, ha! So, there I was driving to work. Turned on the only station on the AM dial to hear, why are some people such assholes? I laughed for the next five miles. Well, you got the phone lines filled and some good input on the happy hour. But the folks need also to remember their radio's on button works in reverse. But you you don't cut off your foot when you stub your toe. Very good point. I love it. This Paul, I, I hope he keeps emailing me because he, he, I like having my day made multiple times each day. Uh, so listen to everything once and don't go back, um, after a few visits if you don't like the show. 
Uh, and lastly, if you're not pissing off somebody, you're doing it wrong. I can't get out of my car now and stop listening. Fond regards, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Wow. Um, okay. We got 11 minutes left of the program. We have Mike and Salinas, Lane and Watsonville, Billy Sunshine, Bill, Paul and Salinas, and Mike and, uh, uh, Mike and Watsonville. Now let's see. Who's been waiting the longest? Why that would be Lane in Watsonville. Hi, Lane. Hey, let me try to put this into perspective for you. Uh, the, the next show, Perspectives, is three guys hanging out in a room. Uh, and, like, guys that are intelligent with uh, and nice. So now put these three guys in the room. Do you have a brother Ray named Mar- Do you have a brother named Marshall? <laughs> yes, I do. Ray Tagliaferro. Same voice. Yeah. Billy Sunshine. The Rocky, and I just added Rich Lieberman. Put those four guys in the in the same radio studio and keep all sharp objects away from them. Okay. And, and, and it, because they don't have guns. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Lane in Watsonville, whose twin brother is uh, is named Marshall. Here, Billy Sunshine, you're on. Thank you, Lane. Oh, no, wait a minute. I did a terrible thing. You're not going to... What did you do, MZ? I, I, I put you on first when poor Paul and Aptos was waiting long, much long. I'm going to put you on hold and come back to you. Is that okay? Sure. All right, here comes uh, Paul and Aptos. Yeah, Paul, sorry, but here you uh, go. Listen, MZ, you don't have stupid audience. You have very opinionated audience. And when the opinion falls on the ears of someone with a contrary opinion... That all they would resort to is stupid and dumb. So you have very opinionated audience, I think. Okay, so we so we should so we, we shouldn't change night. the we shouldn't change the slogan at all for intelligent people only. Stupid people must change to another station immediately. So, but but I want to go back to your comments about the station for all people. Well, to the best well, we can. I know you can't please everybody, but we want to no, try. But, 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 but tell me with a percentage of voters in, in Santa Cruz County that voted for Governor Brown in the last primary. I think it was 73% or something like that. Does that sound right? 70, 73%. Now, who on your radio station appeals to that 73%? Lackey. The only one. And he's... No, Alex Darnell. Alex Darnell, too. Yeah. And and he's a screamer. No, 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 no. Alex is not a screamer. No, no. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Lackey. I'm talking about, uh, I mean, I am talking about Lackey. You are talking about Lackey, yes. Lackey's trying to be funny with political subject matter. I don't think so. And I'm surprised at that because when we put him on... I, I know the guy has a great sense of humor, and I thought he would use it, but he hasn't used any of it. Well, at times I've heard him, he's trying to make jokes about political matters, and on the radio, not visual, very difficult. Yeah. So you've got you've got a screamer on the right with, uh, what's her name on Wednesdays? The lady, I forgot her name. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia. Uh, Rush is a screamer, except... He screens every call that comes in, so he never gets a contrary point of view from anybody, ever. He only gets supportive calls. Georgia and Lackey don't have screeners. They get opinionated that are contrary to what they believe. They end up doing the angst thing that you talked about. And so that's why your station has so much angst on it. 
you you're not appealing to the majority of voters that live in Santa Cruz County. You're appealing to the 25 percent who are right and have very strong opinions and will refuse to negotiate or arbitrate or come to some mutual agreement. You saw the last Pew poll, didn't you? No. The last Pew poll that came out this last week, you ought to look at it. It's very informative. Okay. It shows how opinionated the country has become. You've got like 25% on both extremes. Everybody knows that, you know. We're we're the most polarized we've ever been in our history, and it gets worse every day, not better. But but what it did show is that there are 50% in the middle Uh who are literally the silent majority. And that's why those are the kinds of people who love the Rebecca Costa show. Exactly. The voice, the voice of the strident middle. What 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 was it? What does Billy say in that promo? I forget. Anyhow, listen, Paul. Thank you so much for calling. The shining light on your station. All right. (laughs) Thank you. And no wonder she's picking up more station after station after station. I think she's. I think her show has picked up three fifty thousand watt stations in in the last week or so. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. For her, where they went with Rush. Or Georgia. Oh yeah, you're well. You're absolutely right about that. Even if they like Russia and Georgia, they don't want to be uh, uh, the, the the focus of uh, of an ad uh, boycott. Anyhow, thanks very much for calling. Okay. And, and now, uh, I wish Joe Benson would call. I wish he would call four seven nine ten eighty. He he writes these very nice, supportive, and sometimes critical. But I know he's he's you know he's got a heart of gold here, and he just wants what's best for us. Uh, but I wish you would call 479-1080 in Area 831. Um, so, uh, but here's Billy Sunshine. MZ. Billy! <laughs> you know, first of all, let me defend for one moment the lackey. I, you know, we all love Dave. But Dave takes the easy position in this business. Dave is running the show. Dave is handling. Uh, Dave is not the opinion maker. Uh-huh. That's the you know that's the job that's a little less attractive at, at times. Dave gets to be charming and everybody's buddy because that's who he really is in real life. So now you have the lackey who does bring an opinion. And, and an earlier caller said something about well you know uh, they they're, they're, they got a closed mind. He's got a closed mind. Well you know so does Limbaugh. So does Alex. So do you know uh, Charlie. So do most. Oh no! I know Alex very well, and he, a closed mind he does not have. He has oh, really? a very open Alex, mind. MZ, MZ. If I said to Alex, Alex, there's no such thing as this world conspiracy you're talking about. You're just out here to make money. That's why you sell all this crap. You're in it for the money. You don't mean a thing. His mind would be close to that idea, wouldn't it? I don't think so. I think he would engage you. Just like people say Rush never never lets anybody talk except those who agree with him. Uh, quite the contrary. The people who don't agree with him are the time who get are the people who get the most time on his show. And that's Actually, always been that way. Us, it appears to those of us that he only allows very weak uh, 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 liberals to get on. That really people who can get in his face, they seem to screen out. Have so you tried to get on Rush and been screened out? Uh, ten years ago. I see. Not, 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 not in the last seven, eight years at all i see yeah, so, you know you try a few times and then you realize what's going on right. especially and then you listen you know and you listen to the fact that uh, again at any rate um the, and this see and this thing about having to be um more humorous than political you know we've talked about this and it's just hard to do and you know it's hard i know to do because, i know 
Because look at what you do with your show. We end up always when, you know, uh, on your show, we can't find a topic that's just water cooler. And we end up talking about radio itself because we are all interested in that after all. Uh So it it is hard to try to, uh, as you know, um, I'm funny, but I'm political. I can't help it. Everything to me is political. And I think it is. And it's always going to be true that... Uh, especially the right-wingers, that 25% that he's talking about, you know now, you've heard it enough times that they they do not want to hear, let alone get beaten by another opinion. They don't even want to hear it, do they? Yeah, that is correct, Billy Sunshine. But but we want people to have open minds who listen to K. Maybe that's what we should do. Closed-minded people must tune there to another go. radio station immediately instead of yeah. stupid people. Closed mind. We only want open-minded people. Wait a minute. AVG has detected high memory usage by the following application. Windows Internet Explorer. Total memory used, 510 megabytes. I don't like these things that pop up on my screen and, and, right. and interrupt my radio. Anyhow, thank you so much for calling. I'm going to read Joe Benson because he hadn't called. MZ, as one who certainly dissed Rich Lieberman to you in the long ago past, you are now right. Dave and Rich together would be tremendous. I know that Rich has evolved now and has learned a lot. I know because I've spoken with him at length since he left KSCO KOMY. Lieberman would be perfect and much more to the left of center, and Dave the moderate. You are airing much, uh, way too much left or right, and people are tired of the politics blast every day. You're a liberal market. Bring back Rich. He'll work with and for you this time. I love the asshole comment, be decisive and do something, MZ. And that's from Joe Benson, who knows a lot about radio. Anyhow, um, uh, let's see. I think that's the end of the program. It's the end of the program. And we only have 30 seconds from now left. So, um, Aaron, Aaron, does it drive you as crazy as it drives me for people to call in on the call line and then give you a speech and not want to go on the air? Does it drive you that crazy? That's an understatement. Okay, stop it, ladies and gentlemen. Anyhow, that's the end of the radio program. And and now, uh, where do I... um, where do I find the that's uh, all, folks? Here it is. Here, that's it. KSEO Santa Cruz, Salinas, Monterey, San Jose. Here's CBS News. Arrived in the Persian Gulf tonight under orders from Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel. Pentagon spokesman Army Colonel Steve Warren. The order will provide the Commander in Chief additional flexibility should military options be required to protect American lives, citizens, and interests in Iraq. Those options do not include sending U.S. combat troops into Iraq again. President Obama has ruled that out. Althiel al-Nujafi is the governor of Mosul. He fled after militants took control of the city. While he welcomes American military and political support, he doesn't want U.S. forces there. We don't like to the American army to come in Iraq and to occupy Iraq another time and return back to the same problem that happened before. Iran has apparently sent 2,000 of its troops across the border into Iraq. Reporter Martin Chuloff in Baghdad. We were told that this is an advance guard. Uh, this is just to shore up things in the interim. Um, the fact that they're prepared to send them so early would tend to suggest that if it was deemed necessary, uh, other Iranian troops would follow. The turmoil in the Mideast will have an impact at the pump. Oil analyst Tom Closa. We saw crude oil prices go up 4 to $5 a barrel this week. We saw gasoline and diesel prices, jet fuel prices go up about 12 cents 
that's ta- happened in real time. You'll start to see that at the pump in the next few days. President Obama's about to deliver the commencement address at the University of California, Irvine. He's expected to tell graduates to keep up the fight against climate change. In his weekly address, he wished dads a happy Father's Day and called on Congress to raise the minimum wage. Because no parent who works full-time should have to raise a family in poverty, it's time for Congress to follow the lead of state after state, get on the bandwagon, and give America a raise. In the GOP address, Oklahoma Senator Tom Coburn addressed problems vets have had getting medical care through the VA. If you're an injured combat veteran, you should be the first in line, not the last. And your access should be guaranteed to be the best possible care. A celebration of gay pride in Boston today. Some 25,000 people took part in the parade, which featured motorcycles, marching bands, floats, and lots of rainbow flags. Boston Pride President Sylvan Bruni says progress has been made on gay rights, but more work is needed. Uh, a lot of youth are, you know, kicked out of their parents' homes because they are gay or they come out as lesbian or trans or, or bisexual, and we need a way to protect those folks. Uh, and that's why we need to, to continue being there. Governor Patrick and Mayor Walsh led the parade as Grand Marshals. Doug Cope, CBS News, Boston. Mourners in Las Vegas paid tribute to a fallen police officer. Alan Beck was 41. He and fellow officer Igor Soldo were ambushed during lunch last Sunday. This is CBS News. I know everything about roofing, but nothing about how to take credit card payments from my customers on the go. Then I heard about web.com. I called them, and they told me about their new service called Take a Payment. I got set up in minutes, and now I can take credit card payments on my phone no matter where I am. These days, it's important to accept payments on the go. Take a Payment from Web.com lets you accept major credit cards safely and securely, hassle-free. There's no commitment, no long-term contracts, and no setup fees. With Web.com's Take a Payment, you can start accepting credit cards from your tablet or smartphone today. Call 800-574-4064, and we'll get you set up free. With Take a Payment... Web.com's got me covered. Now, accepting credit card payments on the go is as easy as Web.com. Call 800-574-4064 to get set up free. That's 800-574-4064. There's no upfront charge for setup, after which an ongoing fee applies. You're listening to KSCOAM 1080 Santa Cruz and KOMYAM 1340 La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Four minutes past 12 noon on Saturday, June 14th, 2014, 71 degrees at KSCO Studios. Your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather brought live to you. Taking a look at roadways in and around Santa Cruz, weekend after graduation, and it looks like there are two accidents here in Santa Cruz. We're going to start off at Highway 17 northbound, just off of the Highway Seven or just past the Highway 17 on ramp uh, from Highway 1, just before you hit uh, Pasatiempo. Also, as you are coming from Pasatiempo on Highway 17 southbound, there also appears to be another accident. CHP does not have any information available for us to give you at this time. We will during our next live on air broadcast. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today, continuing highs around 80, west winds 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, you can expect clear skies in the evening with partial clouds by late evening, 
and before midnight with some patchy fog. Lows are said to be in the lower 